right, let's go. Uh, speaking of goodie bags, the last designer life, I got a goodie bag. And uh, <laughs> it was from Gino. And uh, it had all kinds of nice things in there. And, uh, you know, so the one morning I was getting ready to go to work. So I woke up, bathed, and I thought, let me sample some of that stuff in the goodie bag. So I put on the lotion on my face, and then I get to work. And my skin was peeling. It had turned white, and it was just peeling off and so on and so forth. So I called my wife, and I said, man, this lotion you guys gave me is rubbish. I'm going to stick to uh, Vaseline, you know, something that I know. And then my wife said, which lotion did you use? And then I showed her, and she said, no, that's some hand wash. (laughs) That's not a lotion at all, amen? So... Goody bags, you got to pay attention. Amen. Amen. Quickly, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I I can do what it says I can do. I I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go. We're still talking about the born identity. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26. We're still talking about the born identity. Amen? Amen. The born identity. And we said the process of identity was number one. You must know your God. Amen? Yeah. You must know who your God is, become acquainted with Him. And number two, you must know who you are. And number three, you must know your enemy. And number four, you must live from a position of identity. So today we are talking about who you are. So that you can become acquainted with who the scriptures say you are. So we are in Genesis chapter number one, verse 26. If you have it, say I have it. Genesis 1, Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, who said? God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man twofold. He created him, number one, in his image. Amen? And image speaks of the nature of God. You and I know that John 4 verse 24 tells us that God is a spirit. What does that mean? That means you are primarily a spirit. Amen? Amen? That's who you are. You are not what you see in the mirror. You are a spirit... You possess a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. Your body is not you. The real you is your spirit. That's the image. And the second fold, God created man was after his likeness. So he created him twofold. Number one, in his image, and after his likeness. Now likeness speaks of functionality. Likeness speaks of the way God functions. 
Amen. God is not only a spirit, he is a speaking spirit. Did we say God created you halfold, twofold? First, image, second, likeness, and we say image speaks of the nature of God, likeness speaks of how God functions. Now, God is not only a, a, a spirit, he is a speaking spirit. The Bible says in Genesis 1, verse 1, that uh, 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 in the beginning God created the earth, the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and uh, 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 darkness was upon the face of the deep, and it goes on to say that the Spirit of the Lord hovered above it. Notice, nothing happened until God said something. The Spirit of the Lord was present, but there was still chaos. So just because you are Holy Ghost filled does not mean your life is going to automatically line up with everything that God says in His Word. You have to give it authority into your life. There was some rearrangement the minute God said, Boom! Let there be light. Amen. Things started moving once God said something. And God, when He created mankind, He transferred the same functionality to man. So not only are we spirits, we are also speaking spirits. What does that mean? According to Proverbs 18, verse 21, it means everything that you say will come to pass. Amen? This elevates your word or your talk to another level. You have to pay attention to the words that you say and to the words that you speak. Amen? You have to pay real careful attention. Let's go to Proverbs chapter number 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Watch what it says. It says, death and life are in the power of the... I didn't hear that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So God, when He created Adam and Eve, He placed within His mouth the authority to call things out and they become. And this authority is so high, it, it, it can determine death and life. I don't know if there is anything other than death and life that is as extreme concerning this life that we live. Death is on another extreme and life, there is no in between. Amen? And God is saying, as extreme as death and life is, your tongue has the power to determine even the most extreme circumstances in your life to come alive or to even die further. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 2 verse 19. Today you're going to read a lot of scriptures because I just don't want to talk. I want you to see it for yourself. Genesis 2 verse 29. Ooh, I love it. 2.29. Watch what he says. This is after God had created Adam. Verse 19. Did I say 29? 19. 19. Alright. At least someone is listening. Amen. Watch what he says. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to who? I didn't hear that. To who? He brought them to Adam to see what he would what? Call them. 
So God created all these animals and then he said to Adam, Adam, I've created you not only to be a spirit, I've created you to be a speaking spirit and here is some practice session. I'm not even going to name these animals. I want you to have a practice session and God said every time he went to Adam, he said, Adam, what have you called them? And he said, I've called it an elephant. And guess what? It became an elephant. He says, I've called it a crocodile. And guess what? It became a crocodile. It says, whatever Adam called each living creature, that was the name thereof. I have a question for you this morning. What have you been calling it? See, because whatever you call it, it becomes. If you've been calling it tough, guess what? Whatever you call it, it will become. And some of you will turn around and say, yeah, Pastor, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't see the connection between my words and, 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 and the situation that I have. Well, there is one connection. See, because whatever you call it, those of you who are married, whatever you call him. Ah, okay, moving right along. Whatever you call him. Well, he's just lazy. Pastor, you don't understand. He's just lazy. He's dumb. He's just stupid. And, 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 and so on and so on and so forth. And then when laziness and stupidity comes knocking at your door, you wonder where it came from. But the scriptural principle is whatever you call it, it becomes. Someone shout, I'm calling it prosperous. We're talking about your life now. Someone shout, I'm calling it easy. How many of you know that God said my burden is easy? In other words, God was saying this life is supposed to be easy. Some of you are still confessing and calling it. As speaking spirits, whatever you call it, it becomes. In Ezekiel chapter number 37, a gentleman called Ezekiel was translated into a valley that was full of dry bones. And the Bible says this valley was full of dry bones, not half full or half empty. You know the uh, pessimists and the optimists? No, this thing was full of dry bones, representing a situation of total hopelessness, death and impossibility. And God said to him, young man, can these bones live? And he tried to shift the responsibility back to God like most of us. He said, Lord, you know. And God said, no, you talk to the bones. Because I've deposited the functionality in your mouth. And whatever you call the bones will become. And the Bible said he started prophesying to the bones. He started speaking to his situation of total hopelessness. And scripture says bones came alive. And it was a strong, mighty army standing in the valley. Why? Because he said something. If you go to Luke chapter number 1, the angel Gabriel came to meet a gentleman called Zechariah. And he was married to Elizabeth. And they were of old age. And the angel came and he said, uh, 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 You are going to have a son and his name shall be John the Baptist. And he is going to be the one to pave the way for the Messiah. And the old man laughed. And he started telling him how it looked like to him. He said, man, I'm an old man. There is no way me and my wife can conceive. It's over with. And the Bible says the angel put him on mute. 
Go and read it in Luke chapter number 1 from verse 5. The angel said, you are not going to speak anymore. Because we know your talk is bad. Man, sometimes I wish God would give the pastors, the spiritual authorities and all these people, just the, this remote that will put people on mute. Because sometimes when you get into counseling sessions and listen to some of the people's confessions, Sometimes when, I, when we sit around people analyzing the economy, you know, you go for a bride and people sit around and analyzing the economy and so on and so forth. Man, they're just speaking more death into that thing. And they're releasing death and they don't even know it. And the angel put him on mute for nine months. He said, we're going to keep you shut for nine months because we know if we let you talk, you can abort even this miracle that God has released in the earth realm. Some of you Keep talking yourself out of the miracles of God. God is sending you something and you keep talking yourself out of it. Because what's coming out of your mouth is what it looks like. Amen? The Bible says in Job chapter number 22 verse 29, when there is a casting down, you say there is a lifting up. Well, Pastor T, but that's lying. No, that's not lying. That is the truth. Amen. Job chapter number 2 verse 20, 20, 29. 28, 22 verse 29. Quickly now. Job 22 verse 29. Thank you Jesus. Watch what it says. When they cast you down, give it to me in the King James Bible. When men are cast down, then thou shalt, you say, there is a lifting up, and he shall save the humble person. In other words, you don't say it the way it looks like, you say it the way you want it to look like. According to God's word. Man, when God came to the earth and this whole thing was in a mess, the Bible says water was where land is supposed to be and land is where water is supposed to be. It was chaotic. God didn't say, look at here, look at all this confusion and all this mess. No, God said, let there be light. Someone shout, I will not say it the way it looks like. But I will say it according to faith. The way God says it. Matthew chapter number 12. Matthew chapter number 12. So your confession, you have to speak from your position of identity. You are a child of God. Amen? The Bible says you are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. God's children. Amen? And you have to speak from that identity. Matthew chapter number 12. From verse 33. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter number 12, from verse 33. Watch what it says. Either make the tree good and its, its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. A tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, notice he points to identity? Someone shout, I'm not evil. I'm not evil. Therefore, Therefore, 
My fruit is good. He says, you, being evil, speak good things. It's impossible for evil people to speak life. Evil people speak death. Amen? Watch what he says. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Man, I could preach for a month right there. Whatever you're putting in your heart, in large enough quantities, will find its way to your mouth when you're under pressure. Whenever you squeeze an orange, what comes out? When you squeeze a lemon, what comes out? When you, when you squeeze a believer, what should come out? But when some of you believers get squeezed in traffic, you say, oh, snap. You know why? Because you've been feeding on snap. Whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities. See, if you want to know people, just take them out for lunch and listen to them talk. They'll reveal to you who they are and what they believe at the depth of their heart. Amen? Watch what it says. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you, that for every idle word men speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Every idle word. You know what the word idle means? It means inoperative. Every inoperative word that you use. See, the enemy wants you to be so acquainted with the system of words that you start taking it for granted. You know familiarity, what it breeds? What does it breed? Contempt. You start treating your words cheaply. God wants you to treat your words with value. God has never intended for Christians to say something that they didn't mean. Man, this is good preaching. You know when you say my feet are killing me. Do you really mean that? When someone sends you a, a, a joke or whatever uh, on social media and you just send a, a word, you say dead. You just say dead. You say I'm dead. Do you really mean that? See, what the enemy is trying to get you to do is to treat even, take your own word for granted. Because he knows you don't mean you're dead, but he wants you to, to, to become so acquainted. He wants to fill up your mouth with idle words, inoperative words, words that don't produce. And when he puts you in that position, he knows you can compromise every confession. Man, you can come to church and say, I'm prosperous. And he knows at the core of your heart, you don't even believe a single word you're saying because you don't put value in words. So you need to step away from idle words and inoperative words. Every word that comes out of your mouth, you should expect to receive whatever you're saying. We read in Daniel chapter number 10 when the angel of the Lord came to Daniel and knocked on the door and Daniel opened with his answered prayer. The angel said, Daniel, I have come because of your words. Your words activate fallen angels or angels of God 
to carry out transactions on your behalf all of the time. Both demons and angels of God, they are waiting for you to say something so they can bring it to pass. See, because your mouth is the, is, the, is the channel by which the, you give authority to whatever you want to receive in the earth realm. It is through your mouth. See, so words, you know, people say, oh, well, uh, 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 sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never. Words will kill you. Words will destroy you. You remember uh, David and Goliath met in the valley and, and they were challenging each other. And the minute David walked into the valley, you know what the Bible says? It says Goliath started talking. Because he knew the power of words. See, when you start talking, you've just elevated the battle from just being a physical battle into being a spiritual battle. He said, man, young man, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks and stones? And as he was talking, David knew the principle. The Bible principle of words is you must silence the accuser of the brethren. Stop him in his tracks. He said, wait, 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 wait. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who dares to come against the armies of the living God? Today, Namtlanje, I'm going to cut your head and feed it to the birds. The minute he finished saying that, the battle was won. It is the carnal people, the, the prognosticators and the false prophets that were waiting to see it in the physical realm. But the battle was won the minute he finished saying what he said. Everything else was just extra manifestation. You remember Jairus? No, I'm just going throughout the whole Bible to show you this principle. Jairus went to Jesus and said, Jesus, my servant is at home. And if you come with me to pray for my servant, my servant will not die, but she will live. And Jesus said, well, let's go and see your servant. And as they were going, there was a woman with the issue. You know, women with issues. And there was a woman with the issue of blood. Amen. And, and, and she stopped Jesus in his tracks. And, and she went there and as, as Jesus was talking to her and ministering to her and so on and so forth. Uh, uh, Jairus' servants came and they said, Master, you don't even have to come to the house anymore because the servant you were coming to pray for is dead. You know what Jesus said? He said, stop! She's not dead. She's just sleeping. What was he doing? He was stopping the authority they had given to the death that just had happened by speaking life to it. Jesus wasn't lying. He knew the power of words. He said, stop talking. She's not dead. I'm going to come and raise her up from the dead. Amen? Amen. You have to learn the principle of stopping the enemy in his tracks concerning your life. And words, the words that you speak. Do not use words carelessly concerning your life, your situation, whatever you're going through. You need to speak the word only. Amen? Someone shout, speak the word only. And this is good stuff. Let's go now to Psalm 39. In fact, before we even go to Psalm 39, let's go to Romans 4, verse 17. 
Romans chapter number 4, verse 17. Thank you, Jesus. Is this helping someone? The psalmist said in Psalm 39, verse 1, When an evil thought invades my heart, cause me to put a hand on my mouth. It says, when I think something stupid, Lord, cause me to put a hand over my mouth. You know why? Because at least if I put a hand over my mouth, I don't give it authority to come to pass. There's nothing wrong with thinking something stupid every now and again. Just don't let that thought stay in your head. You can't stop uh, 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 birds uh, from flying over your head. In, in other words, you can't stop random thoughts from coming to you. But you can stop them from coming and making a nest on your head and making babies on your head. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen? You must cast that thing down. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Where did I tell you to go? As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed. God. is talking about when God went before Abraham to bless him. How many of you know that even the blessing, it is conveyed by words? Amen. A blessing is a spoken word of favor over you. A curse is a spoken word of, of death and destruction over you. Remember when uh, Balak hired uh, Balaam to come and curse the children of Israel? All he wanted was for the prophet to pronounce a curse. And every time he opened his mouth, he pronounced a blessing. And he tried it again. Every time he opened his mouth, he pronounced a blessing. And they were living in this blessing, getting blessed more and more. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and then the Bible says... Balak then turned around and told Balaam the formula to curse the children of Israel. In other words, the formula to curse God's kids. You want to know that formula? The formula is to let them curse themselves. No prophet can curse you. Did you know that? Because that curse won't stick. You have the blessing of God on you, but you can curse yourself. Because you have authority over your... Man, you can curse your marriage. No, no pastor can curse your marriage. Well, if you leave my church, I'm going to curse you. No, that curse won't stick. That's just child play. It's not going to happen. Amen. But if you start cursing your own marriage, it will stick. If you start cursing your own job, it will stick. If you start cursing your own children, it will stick. Because you have jurisdiction over them. So he says, Balaam, you, you, Balak, you don't even have to worry. You don't have to hire another prophet. Just let these children of Israel curse themselves. And guess what? Christians do such an awesome job cursing themselves. Have you ever listened to Christians talk? Just, you know, chit-chat conversation? Man, they're just cursing themselves all the time. Man, I don't know. I don't know where my rent is going to come. I mean, the dude just told you he's going to meet all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I don't know. I don't know where my rent is going to come from. I don't know where this is going to. Be. I don't know if this economy is going to. I don't know. If, and the dude just told you you are in this world, but you are not of it. 
In other words, the economy that you run by is not of this world. Your, your supply is from heaven. And heaven has no shortcuts. It, it, it has no shortfalls. Oh, well, the doctor said this cancer, there is no cure for this cancer. The dude just told you, by his stripes you are healed. Amen? So Christians do such an awesome job cursing themselves and speaking death to their own lives. Watch what he says. In him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Give it to me in the King James Bible. Much more accurate. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calls those things which be not as though they are. And then they become. That's just my addition. Amen? Amen. God does not call the things the way they look like. No. He looks at the things. How many of you know that we as children of God are called to look at the things which are not seen? Not the things which are seen. Why? Because the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And God wants your attention to be focused on the things that are not seen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So you are to call those things we, that are not as though they are. And here we are not teaching positive affirmation. We are not teaching motivational stuff. This is far beyond motivational stuff. Amen? We're not just talking about you saying something positive. You know, today is going to be a good day and so on and so forth. No, that's not what I'm teaching. I'm teaching you confession in the Greek, homologio, the word homo, which means one, the word logio, which means logos, or the word of God. And what he's saying is, take my word and put it in your mouth. Because the authority is in my word. Speak the same thing that God is saying over your life. That's all he's saying. See, so you don't have to be a genius to work the things of God. Amen? Just take his word and do it. Let's go to Matthew. Mark chapter number 11 as we close. Mark chapter number 11. Thank you, Jesus. Is this helping someone so far? We good? Mark chapter number 4 11 Someone shout from today onwards I put value In my words Someone shout I am a prophet Of my own destiny You know when God created you And gave you the power Of speech He upgraded your ministry To becoming a prophet Every born again believer is a prophet Watch this, not of the church, but of their own destiny. Whatever you say about your future is coming to pass. In fact, I will be so bold to say it this way. Whatever you are saying, you are right. Give me Deuteronomy 7.17 before we even read uh, Mark 11. Deuteronomy 
7, 17. Watch what it says in the King James Bible. If you say in your heart, these nations are more than I, God says, how can I dispossess them? If you say, how can I help you? If you say you're broke, God is saying, how can I help you? If, if, if you say my life will never amount to anything, God is saying, how can I help you? How can I dispossess them? And you must understand God had the power to dispossess the nations, but he wants to work with you. And the way he works with you is by putting his word into your mouth and letting you speak and release the authority of God's word concerning your life. God is not going to force it on you, but you have to change your confession. Because if you say in your heart, I'm not going to make it, you're right. If you say in your heart, uh, uh, they were like uh, uh, giants and we were like grasshoppers, you're right. But if you start saying, hey, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, operating like God. Do you look like it? You might not look like it, but I'm just going to say it. Why? Because God told me to say it. He told me to say and speak of those things which are not as though they are. See, what the devil is trying to do after you say all oh, these awesome confessions from God's word is to change your confession. And the way the devil changes your confession is by bringing pressure and crisis. See, a lot of it's easier when we're here to say, Hey, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. But when the rent is due and you don't see that money, are you going to keep saying that? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 4.14 for the church to hold on to the profession of their faith without wavering. Once you say it, believe it, and let it work. In Mark chapter number 11, Jesus was passing through a, a fig tree and this fig tree looked like it had fruit on it. And Jesus went to look to see if there was fruit on it and he got there and there was no fruit. And Jesus cursed the fig tree. He says, no man will eat of fruit from you from today onwards. And then he walked on. Nothing had changed in the physical, but Jesus believed his words. See, when you say, by his stripes I am healed, nothing might change in the physical, but guess what? Just keep walking. Amen? When you say all my needs are met, nothing might change concerning your bank account, but just keep walking. The Bible says Jesus went away to Jerusalem and he was, as he was coming back to go to Samaria, the disciples saw the tree had, it had dried up from the roots. And they said, Master, look, the tree you cursed. They were waiting for manifestation. Jesus knew the tree was dry. And you know what Jesus said? He said, you are busy talking about a tree. Well, let me show you something greater. Mark 11, verse 23. He turned it around. They were, they were amazed at what Jesus did with the tree. And Jesus turned around and he says, 
Verily I say unto you, that whosoever. So Jesus said, hey listen, this is not for the chosen frozen. This is not for special people. They were looking at him like, Jesus, man, Jesus, you are amazing. Look at what you did to the tree. You spoke to it. And look what happened. And Jesus said, whosoever. Someone shout, I am a whosoever. He says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. He even made it bigger than just one tree. A mountain filled with trees. He says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. Ye six words that have changed my life. He shall have whatsoever he says. And I came to declare the same this morning, that you shall have whatsoever you say. So if you confess possibility, you shall have whatsoever you say. If you confess defeat, you shall have whatsoever you say. If you confess victory, he shall have whatsoever you say. If you confess divine healing, you shall have whatsoever you say. If you confess business for your enterprise, you shall have whatsoever you say. If you confess more customers coming to your business, you shall have whatsoever you say. If you confess that the economy is hard and it's getting tighter and tighter for people like you, watch this, you shall have. If you confess there are no jobs for people like you and me, six words, you shall have. If you confess there are no husbands in South Africa, Notice he didn't say he shall have whatsoever God wills for him. Did you see that? He didn't say he shall have whatsoever the devil is cooking up and scheming and planning for him. No, he didn't say he shall have whatsoever the pastor wants for him or her to have. He says he shall have whatsoever you say. What have you been saying? What have you been? Push the person in front of you and ask them what, what, what have you been saying? I said push the person hey I said push the person in front of you what have you been saying amen man after today you're gonna have to pay close attention to the words that you use to your children because they are not stupid now, some of you parents are crazy well, you're just like your father. And you don't mean it in the positive light either. You're just going to be like your father. Just a no good for nothing. And some of you who are married, eh, you need to pay attention to the words that you use one to another. In our house, we don't use words like divorce. Some of you married people, man, you're careless with words. Just, just a little fight, you know. Yeah, you know me. I, I want a divorce. And you, you know, you treat these words cheaply. You're just treating these words cheaply, you know. You're messing with the wrong words because you're giving life to the wrong things. There are certain words we don't say in our house. You, know, you married people, when someone does something stupid, don't say you are stupid. No, they did something stupid, but they are not stupid. Because you're calling it. 
Now, this is serious business. Every day you need to take stock of your words. What am I saying? Because whatever you say is coming for you. Both in the positive and in the negative. Someone shout, someone who's married, shout, my marriage is sweet and it is made in heaven. That's what you should say about your marriage. I don't know where this thing is going. The Bible didn't say for you to say it the way it looks. He said for you to say it the way you want it to be. Some of you, you don't like your bosses at work. And you say all kinds of stuff about your boss. And it keeps getting worse and worse. In fact, he's not getting worse. He's just becoming what you are saying to you. Because to other people, he's a nice guy. You know why? Because they call it. Oh, he's a Mr. Nice Guy is here. And guess what? They get Mr. Nice Guy. For some of you, my boss is mean. And whatever you're calling from him is coming your way. It works in all spheres of life. 